0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3.
1: All right, it's time for The Bigger Picture. We're into the middle of the first month of the new year and already a lot for investors to digest when it comes to market movements. Let's dive straight into what we can look ahead to this week with Yip Rong, market strategist for IG. Rong, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for asking. Hope you had a great weekend. Before we talk about the week ahead, Junrong, let's do a little review of some pretty significant events from Friday last week. We had U.S. PPI unexpectedly falling in December. That was, of course, in contrast to Thursday's hotter-than-expected CPI readings. And the interesting thing here, Junrong, is that the expectations for a rate cut of at least 25 basis points by the Fed in March moved up to almost 80% after these PPI price data Data came out and that was up from 73% in the prior session. So I guess an indication that PPI also has an influence on the Fed's decision making on rate cuts.
0: Yes, yeah, so I mean, if you look at the U.S. In December producer prices, it actually came in below expectations. So that really helped to anchor, you know, market views for these earlier rate cuts, which markets are pricing it to be in March from the Federal Reserve. If you look at the hotter than expected CPI, of course, on the headline itself, it does seem to be hotter. But if you look at some of the specific components that will actually sit into the core PC, which is really what effect is focused on, mm. we also suggest that the broader trend for pricing pressure is still on the downside and that is why you know markets are able to sort of struggle with that hotter than expected consumer prices and still continue to price for this rate cut from the Federal Reserve. So I believe the overall trend should continue as long as the uh, broader Theme is due towards a moderating inflationary pressure, and that will really keep all of these uh, red card talk, talking over the
1: coming months. Yeah, you mentioned the core PCE deflator. That is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, and that is going to be coming out on the 26th of this month, just five days before the Fed's next policy vote. So all eyes will be on that one as well. Let's also recap bank earnings for the fourth quarter, which kicked off last Friday. Disappointing for you, general?
0: To be honest, I believe the results from the major U.S. banks are not too bad. I think the banks generally outperform on revenue, but earnings are, of course, met with some uh, hit and insert on uh, higher expenses. But when you have this very strong uh, equity rally in the fourth quarter of last year, I think naturally market expectations are high mm. heading into the earnings season. So investors may want to see more in terms of earnings resilience. Uh, we have, of course, uh, JP Morgan uh, pulling ahead from the other banks once again. I mean, uh, looking at the seven straight quarters of record uh, net interest income. And I think we have seen a wealth struggle. did issue a guidance that net interest income could be 7 to 9% lower in 2024. There is none of that coming from J.P. Morgan. Mm. So clearly J.P. Morgan is doing something right in terms of managing its costs and not to mention its strength in other segments such as the wealth management side of things. So I think a lot of market focus has also been on what the banks are going to tell us about the state of the U.S. consumers. And uh, looking at the bank guidance, I think it has been somewhat optimistic, uh, but still leaning on some uh, slight caution uh, on the outlook. Credit loss provision has been higher across the board among these major banks. So I think this reinforced the view that economic risks are still in place, but at least we are still looking at more of a growth moderation as opposed to any you know, widespread distress in the economy, which may still keep the uh, soft lending tops going.
1: A lot of these banks, as you mentioned, JP Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, B of A, they were also hit by some one-time charges, which kind of obscured how they really performed during Q4. Looking ahead to earnings this week, Junrong, companies, sectors that you have your eye on?
0: I mean, of course, uh, I believe this week will be a very light earnings week. Uh, we have some notable results from Morgan Stanley uh, Goldman Sachs uh, before the busy schedule for big tech will come up uh, next week instead with Microsoft, uh, Netflix, and Tesla. I think looking at this series of bank earnings on Friday, I believe there are some takeaways to give us some clues on what to expect for our Morgan Stanley and, of course, our Goldman Sachs results this week. I think generally uh, asset and wealth management side of the bank's business have been resilient. So that could be mirrored for the remaining uh, two banks as well. And following a disappointing year for, you know, investment banking activities, I think expectations are also broadly in place that better times uh, may be ahead. Uh, we have seen some early signs of revival in deal meeting in the fourth quarter of last year. So I think investors will want to see the positive impact being reflected in, you know, Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs results, or at least, you know, a positive guidance from the banks as a vote of confidence that the worst is over, or at least on the uh, investment banking front and may help to contribute to the bank's earnings recovery ahead. So that will be the key focus for the upcoming results.
1: Yeah, speaking of better times ahead, we also have U.S. retail sales data which is set to come out this week. And of course, if those are strong, they probably might suggest that consumer spending is holding up in the face of some headwinds like inflation. What are you expecting on that front?
0: Yes, I mean, uh, U.S. consumer type has been uh, resilient. Many expectations were for them to you know, weaken Further, but you know, eventually over the past few months, we have been seeing some strength uh, coming on that front. So I believe that strength uh, may be set to continue, but we are not looking at you know that kind of overblown uh, levels to sort of trigger that high for longer uh, rate outlook. We believe that it will be more lukewarm, where in a way it is still holding up, but not at those uh, overextended level to really trigger or you know push back on this series of rate cuts that has been priced this year.
1: All right, Junrong. Another highlight of the week will be Q4 GDP for mainland China. We know GDP only rose at a fairly modest, just above 3% quarterly annualized rate in the three months to September. That was one of its weakest expansions in recent history outside of the pandemic. So there is some hope that growth has revived. What do you think will come out of that data point?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, for many investors, I think this question will be when will China's economic conditions actually see this bottoming out and be set on the path of economic recovery. Um, I believe last week we had seen declining prices in December. So that really kind of continued to reflect this uh, weak domestic demand in the world's second largest economy. And it seems that these soft labor conditions and the property market slump is still really keeping consumer spending and uh, consumer confidence at bay. I believe we may likely see more of the growth headwinds uh, this week, uh, looking at the fourth quarter GDP, along with some of the series of economic data, such as, you know, industrial production and uh, fixed asset investment. Those could show up more subdued at a low single digit growth. We may see retail sales kind of come up slightly, but we have to take note that this could be partly due to a low base effect from a year ago. So overall, it seems that, you know, despite this ramp up, in liquidity injection from the PBOC last year, along with uh, supportive measures for the property sector. I think looking at the trend of weak economic data, it really suggests that, you know, this accommodative policy environment has really not yet translated to this turnaround in terms of economic conditions. And I believe that that will likely continue to amplify calls for more to be done by authorities uh, over the coming months.
1: All right, Junrung, I want to get your take on Bitcoin. Now, it fell below the $42,000 mark on Friday. Just the day before, it briefly topped 49,000 for the first time since December 2021. So very volatile. And that was after almost a dozen or so ETFs began trading. Is the ETF optimism evaporating already?
0: Yeah, I think we are really seeing a bit of the sudden news. I think uh, there were very strong expectations over the past few months on this uh, ETF kind of uh, listing. And now uh, with that news you know, being materialized, we are really seeing some form of a near-term profit taking or, you know, that the news or phenomenon that we have seen over the past few days. But overall, I believe that the broader trend uh, could still remain on the upside. I think uh, looking at the series of higher highs and higher lows, I think uh, generally there could be more, you know, potentially more traction for Bitcoin moving forward. And of course, much will depend on the uh, broader risk environment. I think, of course, near term, I think that overboard level may call for some uh, cooling. Uh, but overall, it will really take much more to really, you know, unwind this uh, very strong risk on environment that we have seen over the past few months. I think as long as the economic data trend continues to show a further downside for inflation and uh, economic Conditions that are really holding out to support all of these soft landing hope, I believe the overall environment may continue to stay a uh, risk on, and that would be beneficial kind of for, of course, the uh, risk sensitive Bitcoin itself.
1: So, volatility in Bitcoin, but the broader trend is on the upside. Junrong, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. That was Yip Jun Rong, market strategist for IG. And we've been talking about what to look out for this week. Of course, we also have Japanese inflation as well as Australian unemployment to come as well. Stay with Money FM 89.3.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg.